As far as domestic track racing goes, we seem to be right in the thick of it right now. As I record this, I have an eye on the brand new Vic City Elite Meet. This Saturday, we have the Eileen Marr. This Sunday, 1500 meter night in London. And the Speed River Inferno happens next Wednesday. Keeping in line with all that, this week we chat with people from two of those events. The NTL will be kicking off at the Eileen Marr this Saturday in Halifax. And we have Jonathan Peverell from the Sunday Long Run podcast to go over just how to pronounce the name. I did have a little bit of trouble with that. And who to watch for. Now, next Wednesday, the Speed River Inferno and 10,000 meter Canadian Champs will be happening in Guelph, Ontario, and organizer Chris Moulton joins us to make the case for all of you to come out and to bring your friends as well. Yes, even the non-track fans. First though, Kevin Blackney has been on a tear this season, taking second in the Athletics Ontario 10,000 meter Champs in London, and the same placing at the Canadian 10K Road Champs in Ottawa. We touch base with him in just seconds. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Kevin Blackney is a guy who had been steadily improving over his time in the university system as a Western Mustang and during the summer meets and road races. This year saw a giant leap forward for him though, with this spring seeing him play second in Ottawa at the Canadian 10K Road Champs behind Eric Gillis and also dipping under 30 for the first time, taking second at the Athletics Ontario 10,000 in London. We caught up with Kevin earlier this week. Probably, I don't know, it was about half a month ago. You were uh, you were running in the Athletics Ontario 10,000 meter championship. Uh, you dipped just under 30 minutes, which is fantastic. And we can talk a lot about things that you're really, really good at. But first, I want to touch on something that you're really, apparently, you don't have quite a handle on because you seated yourself at 30.50, which is almost a minute off of what you actually ran. So talk to me about your horrible seating skills. And, uh, and I mean, were you pretty surprised crossing the line? Or? Well, so 30.51 was my PB going into that race. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I seated myself there. I mean, I, like, I really didn't have very much expectation going into that race where I was going to run. Because I, I knew I figured I was in a little bit better shape than last year, but I didn't think I was in like much better shape. I just knew I, I was healthier. Um, so like I honestly could have gone out there, and if I had run thirty forty five, like that would have been an absolutely amazing day. My my only plan going in was just to, to go with the leader, see how long I could last. And if I if I blow up in ball parts, and that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like the entire race, I think even at like seven k, I think I heard we were on like thirty fifteen pace. So I was like, I mean, this is still going to be amazing. Like I'll be really, really happy with that. And then when it came down to just like, I took a glance at the clock with a lap to go and I was like, Oh my God, like I could break 30 here if I actually like have a kick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just like, just give whatever you have left and hopefully this works out. And I still didn't know if I'd broken it or not until I like walked over to my coach. And I think he's like, yeah, I think you got it. <laughs> So, I mean, would you say that that was, the, you know, your big breakthrough race? Um, going into it, you had no idea that, that maybe that was on the table? Um, I definitely didn't, like, I didn't really think that that was going to be on the table. Even most of the way through the race, I didn't think that was going to be on the table. So, I, I mean, I, I guess I would I'd call that a breakout race. I, I feel like I've had a couple, like, smaller breakout races for, for me, which was just, like, slowly realizing more and more what was possible. 
Mm-hmm. There's a there's a thread on track right now, you know, that uh, it, it talks about you and, and talks about how this has really been a gradual thing. And uh, as someone who is fairly connected with with the, you know, the London group of races and stuff, um, I would say that's mostly true. But there was that really big jump in fitness uh, this year, and in my opinion, anyways, like a real droppage in times. What do you think that you would most attribute that to? Um, hmm. It's hard to really put it. Like, I don't think I could honestly say it's one thing that's really done it. I mean, like, I've slowly upped my mileage every year, I think, to some degree. I, I started, um, I used to have problems with fatigue, and I've started to keep better track of my iron. Um, I live with runners now, which I didn't necessarily live with before, which is nice because I, it's kind of motivating to get out the door and run with uh, people because there's always someone around. Um, oh, I guess uh, one big thing I did talk about with my coach was that I was sick and tired of trying to be a track guy. Like I just, mm. I hate speed stuff. It just, I find it exhausts me. So, and I was like, every year I run like a pretty good cross season and I get on the track and I just, I can't equate what I was doing. So I like told my coach, I was like, I'm, I want to cut out like, like hard 200s and 400 stuff like that and, and do more cross country style workouts. Which is, I guess, like something uh, I've kind of stuck to and I'm going to try and keep with uh, moving forward. So would you say that, uh, I mean, you've, you've run two really great 10,000s or, you know, a 10K and a 10,000. Uh, we'll get to the 10K in just a second. But would you say that the 10,000, do you really feel like that's kind of your event now? Um, it's definitely my favorite event right now. Mm. Um, but that being said, though, I'm really excited to run more half marathons. Mm. I think, like, I for one, I think road races are a lot more exciting, and um, I just feel like, I love when a race can kind of, like, evolve and, like, build. Like, I don't like, like, a 1500 where, like, it just shoots out really quick, and I'm immediately at the back of the pack doing everything I can to hold on. Like, I like when a race can kind of develop and stuff. So, I'm really excited for that race uh, going forward, I'd say. But I don't know if I could call it my favorite, because I've only ever done two of them. <laughs> So let's jump forward a couple of weeks to, uh, I, I guess it was just a couple of weeks ago, uh, in Ottawa, you were second Canadian across the line. Uh, first place was some guy named Eric Gillis. Uh, probably the listeners have made, if they're paying attention, they might've heard his name once or twice. What was that race like? I remember, you know, watching and it looked really, really hot out there and some, some big names were, you know, kind of falling off the back. What were the pre-race strategies and, you know, did, did anything change? And, and did you think that you had a shot at, you know, podiuming uh, at, at the 10K championships? Or did you, you know, was it just another case of let's give it what I have? Uh, well, I'll, I'll definitely say, like, going into that race, I told myself, just go with the Canadian medals and just kind of see where that gets you. I, I had a feeling, like, Eric Dills would go with the, the, the more pro field and then it would be a group of Canadian guys, which is kind of how it ended up playing out. Um, and it just, it felt so hard through, I, I don't like to look at my watch a lot when I race cause I don't want to like psych myself out. I honestly thought I was going to get to five, five K and it was going to say like 1440 something. Cause it just felt like we were running so hard. It only ended up being like 1505, hmm. but the effort was just so much harder than it was on the track. And then I think there is four of us running together for, second and third, and that was me, Kevin Coffey, Tristan Woodfine, Keenan Benny. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were also together at 5K, and then I think, um, I think 
Keenan Vinny dropped, and then Tristan dropped around six or seven K, and then Kevin Coffey and I just kind of like went back and forth over the the next couple kilometers until the last K, and then just pull out a bit of a kick. But yeah, like I, once again, like I, I didn't really have. It was kind of hard to tell. Like I didn't really know who was all going to be in the race and where everyone's fitness is at. So I was like, just go with the medals and see what happens. It's like if you fall apart, you fall apart. <laughs> so I mean, with that, uh, you know, sub thirty, and I mean, you mentioned you beat uh, Kevin Coffey, who ran, you know, a fourteen ten, I believe, uh, five thousand this year. Are you a little bit curious as as to what that five thousand speed's like right now? I really, really want to run a 5K this season because, honestly, I think my 5K PB is actually like 15, 20 something. Okay. I don't even think, despite despite having broken 30, I think, my, honestly, my 5K PB is 15, 20 something. So, to actually like try and get like a solid time under 15 would be really fun, but I don't know when I'm going to fit it in this season. I think there is a, a London runner meet coming up that has a 5K that I might aim for. Yeah, I think it's the it's the one just after uh the one just after Canada Day. Um Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely definitely uh, you, you should think about doing that one. It actually leads well into my next question because uh you know, as I mentioned, you've been, you know, hanging around London for a long time. Uh you went to school uh including this past year at uh, at Western University. There's to me as I might be a little bit biased because, you know, I grew up in the area as well, but I mean, there's a ton of road races. There's the, uh, there's the, the London runner meets. Uh, there's also the, the London Western meets as well too. How, how much do you think that your environment played into your development? Um, having that 10,000 on the track in my backyard every year is definitely very helpful. Cause I, I mean, I think, I think they were talking about, I think there's only like really two or three in Canada now. Hmm. Um, 10,000's on the track. I could be wrong there. But like, I've run that race four or five times. And mo- most years I don't run it very well, but I like just like going out and doing it. So I definitely think I, I have a lot of experience running 10,000's on the track that maybe some other people might not. I don't know how much that helps, but it's at least knowing what it's like to run 25 straight laps and not lose your mind mm-hmm. helps, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, it, having the races be so available and especially high profile races like 59 meter night, just not even just to run, but just from like a spectator point of view and just to like get excited about running really nice to have. I, I also some of the road races, like I do the forest city road race every year, which uh, the race director always lets me in and I've done downtown 5k a couple times, which is a really fun, fast road 5k. So yeah, I, I, I definitely think the being in London it has beneficial things for running. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the 10,000 meter uh, race in in London because um, I remember coming back from camping and, and going through Twitter and I believe I you know I don't want to embarrass the guy but uh, Andrew Nixon you know tweeted something about not knowing who who Kevin Blackney was and uh, I feel like probably a lot of people were you know in that boat uh, you know like I said, if they weren't paying super close attention to what was happening in London. How do you feel? I mean, now um, we were talking before this, you, you showed up in Canadian running, you know, you're, you were on a podium at an Athletics Ontario and now an Athletics Canada uh, event. You, you know, do you feel like you're, you're getting more well-known now? I mean, I guess I have to be, <laughs> um, which I guess is good. I don't know. I mean, uh, I always kind of, I kind of like floating under the radar too. I mean, it's always nice to kind of like go out and not really like 
have people like I don't know, like have like super high expectations of what you're gonna do every time you step on the track. It's kind of nice to just go out there and relax. And like, if you have a bad day, like no one's gonna micro analyze it on a tracky forum or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm at that level yet, though. I think like I'm still a like, uh, in the background. So. Hey, you train with uh, with London Western uh, with Coach Dave Mills, and uh, Dave Mills also notably coaches Lanny Marchand, uh, a great mm-hmm. ten thousand marathon runner. Talk to me about that group and and you know how how it's you know helped you out. Um, so I joined in the fall of twenty fifteen. I was kind of I had just stopped doing workouts with the university team because it was too early. I was doing workouts by myself, and I was pretty much running like an idiot so <laughs> luckily I managed to join his group and then actually get in with a uh, solid some solid workouts and it's mainly just me and the local high school students that are in the club and I find that really fun to work with um, I, it's just like a really nice relaxed environment I mean uh, Lanny is in the club and uh, she is at workouts occasionally but I, I don't actually see her too often um, uh, I think she trains I don't actually know where she trains, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I just really like that group. It's a fun group to work with. You mentioned that you're living with a bunch of runners, um, some of which I believe are were actually on the uh, the OUA winning cross country team this year. Um, I, I mean, perhaps you can speak more to this. Uh, I feel comfortable in saying this because uh, you know I, I have my Western student card with me. But I mean, the past couple of years have just. Uh, they haven't been super fruitful until this year. You know, as as almost an outsider looking in, what do you think the change was this year? Um, I I think a lot of it is credit to Jack, Jack Sheffer. Um, he kind of brought a big attitude change to how we think about and look at running. And he's kind of just like made the decision that like he wanted to be a better runner and he was going to do what it took to get there. And it's like kind of when you, and then not only did he say that, but then he actually did it too. So it's like when you see someone make that change and have it work for them, it's easy to kind of like, once you see someone else do something, it always becomes more manageable for you to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think like that attitude change as well as what came with it kind of like helped a lot of people like that. Seeing that, do you think it changed anything for you? Uh, definitely. Cause I was, I lived with Jack uh, for the last two years, so uh, he would uh, essentially he I have my mileage just having to try and keep up with him pretty much because <laughs> we would go for a lot of runs together. So um, I just had to start doing more if I wanted to stay out with him. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So what's next for you? Um, so I signed up for fifteen hundred meter night on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So my my plan is to break four and then never run a fifteen again in my life. Um, I I. Uh, I, should, I don't know if I should admit it or not, but I, I lied pretty big on my seed time. I put myself at 3.58 despite only having ever run a 4.03. Mm-hmm. But my 29.57 converts to a 3.50 flat, so I feel like it's okay. <laughs> you know, I heard um, Dave Scott Thomas actually say just a couple weeks ago that uh, that Reed Cool Sets... 10, or Reed Cool Sets 1500 meter PB was done on 10,000 meter training. I'm almost ninety really? percent sure that he said that. Uh, so y- you can take that to the bank. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> that's good to know. That'll give me a little more confidence when uh, if the race goes out too fast, I find myself at the back. 
<laughs> but a, um, and then I also signed up for the 10,000 meter champs today in golf. Well, that should be fantastic. It, it sounds like a really good meet. Um, you know what? He is well, Kevin. I, I did it last year, um, but I, I think I was like second last. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at this rate, you should be coming in second. That seems to be your favorite place. So, yeah, it's working well for me so far. He's Kevin Blackney. He's uh, he's had a real breakout season, and I personally am, am excited to see uh, you know what you can do uh, you know over the over the next couple of years. It's it's been really exciting to see someone from London uh, do really really well. Uh, and I'll see you at fifteen hundred meter net this uh, this Sunday, man. Thanks. That sounds great. I I look forward to seeing you. The Speed River Inferno is a can't-miss track and field event that marries fast athletes with an extremely watchable format. This year's Inferno is next Wednesday at Alumni Stadium in Guelph, and I stopped by organizer Chris Moulton's office this past week to get details. You know, I had this conversation with some friends just the the other week, and and they're not big track and field people, uh, admittedly, uh, but I'm trying to convince them to come to the Inferno with me. Maybe you can make a quick case that I can pass on to them to try and get them out to this meet. Think of what track and field, you you perceive track and field to be, and hopefully we're something a little bit different. Uh, we're, uh, the goal of our track and field meet is to be entertaining for fans and to be a, a good experience for athletes. So I think, you know, my case to people is what your perception of track and field is, is, is not always what the sport is at the high level. And, you know, it's a chance to see world-class athletes in, in our sport competing, and some of whom are from this area or southern Ontario. We have, you know, uh, upwards of 15 Canadian members of the Canadian Olympic team from last year. Uh, but we're also bringing in athletes from over 10 different countries. So it's a it's a neat chance to see track and field at a very high level, and I, and I think that's pretty exciting for people. You know, you mentioned that, that this is kind of athletics done differently, and uh, I've really liked that uh, about the meet in the past. Uh, maybe you could explain to me just how you have made things, you know, just, and there goes another heat of 1,500 mm-hmm. meter runners. How how have you made things different? I put a lot of pressure as a meet director on our staff and our team. Uh, you know, our results guys move things along really quickly. Our Our official crew is fantastic. Uh, you know, you were at a twilight meet that we hosted here a couple of weeks ago when, and it was, it was a 20 minute twilight meet, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't believe that there is any reason why, uh, athletics needs to be run the way we run it with very long pauses between events. Technology has advanced sufficiently, uh, that things can move quite quickly. You know, when I'm watching races, whether it's, you know, the crew from Windsor or the crew from York, if I'm talking in Southern Ontario terms or, or our crew here in Guelph, you know, I can pull up the results from a race that just crossed the line. So they've got that technology ready to go. So there's no reason why the next race can't go right away and keep people entertained. Uh, And so that's always been a big part of it. So, you know, it's how we do things at a quick pace here is because we have great people who are working really hard to make it happen. So uh, it's, it's something that's important to us because dead track and field is a sport that can have a lot of dead time and it doesn't necessarily need to and and you know we're not unique in in this space you know this is what the diamond league meets are like mm-hmm. this is what the ncaa championships are like and you know i sat on a lot of uh, what was then cis sport committees and and tried uh, my best to explain why i felt the schedule needed to be collapsed and you know you look at what they do in the u.s and the ncaa championships are two-hour programs on some nights and 
Mm-hmm. That's the way I think that you're going to keep the, the casual fan in, ingrained and in, in, in interested in the subject that's in front of them. In the past, there have uh, you know been things like you know Speed River athletes will come back out, uh, you know throw a couple frisbees out into the crowd. I believe there's a food truck, uh, yep. there's a licensed area as of last year. Um, you know what are, what are some of the things that you're doing in that vein, yeah. uh, and can we expect to see some of those this year? Yeah, well, we're, one thing that we're doing this year that's a, so we for the last couple of years we had a, an event downtown, a downtown mile. Uh, and we had a kids 100 and this year we're, we're doing something a little different where we have a campus mile. So it's a one mile loop through our campus Mm -hmm. and they finish on the track right before the main program. So that'd be kind of neat. I think, uh, we'll get some, uh, some recreational runners that'll come out for that. You know, heck if, if, even if you're not recreational, it's a very fast course, it's about a 30 meter net downhill. So, um, it'll be an interesting thing, but I think it'll be a cool experience for them. Uh, we will have our VIP area again this year. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're always trying new things. We're on a weekday this week in the past we've been on weekends. Um, so, so that limits us in some ways in what we can do and, and also enables us to do some other things. Um, you know, you've been around our campus a little bit. There's a lot of construction going on. Um, so, you know, this is an interesting year for us where we're still, uh, we're still in a phase of development in our, our facilities here. Uh, and, and I think, uh, once those are fully done, we're hoping by next year, um, then we'll be able to really start to do some, some interest, some further interesting things. Uh, you know, it's, uh, um, anyone who's involved in the construction industry knows that things take time and uh, and often more time than you anticipate. So uh, we're excited to see how this uh, campus mile fits into the program. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't see some of the stuff we do. Um, you know, we'll have over 150 uh, elementary school kids that will come through the stadium mm. uh, the day of the event and, and work with some of our coaches on some of their technique. Uh, all of those athletes are welcome back that night with a free ticket to the Inferno. That's thanks to our, our, our great supporter in Scotiabank. So, you know, we do a, a few other things that we try to um, build up throughout the year that, that don't always kind of get seen by the, the general public. We had an officiating clinic uh, where we t- trained 20 new officials uh, in January uh, with this meet being one of the events where they're going to be tested. And, you know, mm-hmm. I spoke earlier about how we push our officials. So <laughs> they're going to be baptized by fire a little bit. And, uh, and then last, uh, a little over two weeks ago, Athletics Ontario and, uh, and the event collaborated on hosting a, a run, jump, throw, a wheel, uh, clinic. We had 12 participants for that. So we try to do, you know, the track meet is a huge part of the event, but it, it needs to be more than that. And, and there needs to be a legacy of education and development within our community and hopefully the, the wider, wider Southern Ontario community. Right now we're sitting about a week out from the release of this podcast, a little bit bit uh, over half a week uh you mentioned some some olympians who have confirmed coming you know maybe you can uh throw some names out there that we'd know yeah you know it's going to be an exciting meet for us uh michael it's it, you know we've uh we've had some great fields confirmed it's it's you know full credit to to reed Coolset, who uh many of your listeners will be uh familiar with mm. uh, as a, an elite athlete he's uh taken on the mantle as our elite athlete coordinator and getting things uh perspective from the other side uh, and he's done a fantastic job. We have some some really good fields across all of our events. Uh, this event started as a as a distance centric uh, meet. Um, we've been adding the sprints and the hurdles in, and I think we've got some great athletes that are coming for all of our disciplines. Um, 
you know, we, we released our first field uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, which was the women's 1500. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that field had uh, two athletes uh, in Jen Lalonde and Andrea Sakafian, who both went to the University of Guelph and were on the Olympic team last year. Uh, an interesting little uh, nugget on that field as well is that we had the last three Canadian junior champions uh, sure. over 1500 meters. Uh, and just today we had confirmed uh, Laura Parkinson, who recently won- set the Canadian high school uh uh, record for 1500 meters so mm-hmm. there's a lot of i always like events that have a lot of different stories uh, andy Hahn's going to be our announcer and, and i, I want to nice. give him a lot of material to work mm-hmm. with so uh, i love the you know you got these three former canadian junior champions racing against each other you got laura parkinson versus uh, lucia stafford the last two canadian interscholastic record holders racing against mm-hmm. each other uh and then obviously you have the high end and one of the things we've been really fortunate so far you know and and, and obviously um this could come out and <laughs> things could be completely different as they often are mm-hmm. uh in fields but we've got uh, great um pace setters that are lined up uh um, Jazz Shukla, who uh, many of your listeners will be uh, familiar with from uh, the University of Toronto Track Club, uh, is going to be pacing the 1500. And, and that's how you get great uh, races, you know, is, is high quality pacers. So so that was our first field. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, we have uh, uh, upwards of 15 uh, Canadian Olympians that will be racing. Uh, obviously, a number from our, our local club in Jen Lalonde, uh, Anthony Romano. Uh, the current plan is for Krista Duchesne to, to, to pace part of the 10,000 meter championships. Oh, nice. Um, Andrea, I mentioned, uh, we have a very good men's 1500 meter field, um, led by Nathan Brennan, uh, who's from Cambridge nearby. Um, Adam Palomar, who's, I st- believe still the Canadian junior record holder of 1500 meters. I could be corrected yeah, on that, I but so. I, think I think so. so. Um, Mason Furlick's supposed to come, who's coached by the Canadian record holder over 1500 meters and a senior, Kevin Sullivan, uh, great steeplechaser. Uh, he's going to be running the 1500 here. Um, so we got some, some very good athletes in that race. Uh, in addition to Anthony Romano in the 800, Robert Heppenstahl's scheduled to race pending uh, NCAAs this weekend. Uh, we've got a couple other very strong athletes uh, from the U.S. coming for that event. Um, the men's 400, we've got some great guys. Uh, Graham Thompson's a, an athlete at the University of Guelph here. Um, but we got Rennie Quo, who's a 44-second uh, 400-meter runner from Trinidad. Uh, Jermaine Gale from Jamaica who's run 45-second. Philip Ose. Um, so that's a, a really good field. Uh, in the men's 200, uh, we have two guys who've run under 20 seconds, Derek Dukes and Curtis Mitchell, uh, plus Alon Gordon, who won the uh, Olympic bronze medal over 400 meters. So, you know, across the board, very strong fields. Uh, you know, I didn't even get to some of the other events. The women's, you know, 800, we have Sasha Golich, Nicole Sifuentes, uh, Shannon Osika ran 406 last week. Uh, one of the things we've always tried to do as a, as a meet is to have a mix of young and old. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I'm really interested in is, you know, uh, and I talked about this with uh, with Laura in the 1500, but trying to give those junior and developing athletes, assuming they're at that level, uh, mm-hmm. a chance to compete. So uh, Victoria Tachinsky Ch- uh, from Winnipeg's coming out for that 800. So Canadian, uh, um, you know, uh, Canadian uh, medalist at the World Junior Championships in the 4x4 and finalist in the 800 last year. We actually have three of the four members of that Canadian 4x4 team uh, who met her at World, World Juniors running. And uh, interestingly enough, none of them are running in the same event. Uh, Victoria's in the 800, uh, Natasha McDonald's in the 400, and then Ashlyn Best uh, is in the 200. So kind of a neat mix of different things. Um, you know, we have... I could go on for, I could fill your whole <laughs> podcast here. I didn't even get to the men's uh, 110 hurdles where we have, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, uh, three Olympians uh, in the field, Sekou Kaba, uh, Ronald Forbes from the Cayman Islands, Jeff Jomas from Haiti, uh, plus uh, Ingvar Mosley and, and Joey Daniels, who was a former uh, global medalist in uh, in the youth ranks. Mm-hmm. And then we have a, an interesting guy, Dejour Russell, who's from Jamaica, who's only 18 and is, I think, ranked number one in the world juniors in the 110 hurdles. So... Uh, and then we have two para events where we have three athletes uh, who were recently named to the uh, para world championships team. So, so we kind of got a lot going on. <laughs> and I didn't even get to the men's uh, and women's 10k championships. Um, mm-hmm. Those fields uh, are still finalizing, but I know Rachel Han is coming to race. And as I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, the plan as it currently sits is for Krista to pace. Uh, I saw um, Sarah Inglis, who many of your listeners will remember from uh, CIS title days, uh, was still CIS when she won, um, is supposed to also run the women's 10K, so we should have a good field, and uh, I think we're... I think we're close to 20 guys registered in the uh, men's 10K. I, I haven't seen the, the full field at this point, but uh, I think we're going to have a good deep field. And, uh, you know, our intention, as we did uh, last year, Michael, is to um, bring the fans down onto the track again. So oh, we'll, we'll do that again this year um, uh, and uh, and uh, and kind of have you have that trackside view for those last two events, the men's and women's 10K. You and I, we've kind of been bantering back back and forth, uh, you know, through email over the past couple of weeks about uh, perhaps some of the biggest moments in, in yeah. Inferno history. And uh, two events that actually came up were events that happened last year with uh, Eric Gillis, uh, you know, pulling a, a crazy two 10K double yeah. uh, on the same day, uh, as well as Taylor Milne uh, and his exciting, you know, uh, Olympic qualifier. He already had the standard at that point, yeah. but he, uh, you know, his amazing performance last year, very, very memorable events. Uh, if you had to, you know, maybe look into the future, look into your crystal ball that is right in front of us on the table. Uh, <laughs> what would you say, you know, is, is the event that's kind of showing, you know, promise for a real inferno moment? Yeah. You know, it's hard to say, right? Because, you know, uh, one of the things that logistics of meets are, are are challenging, and you know, tomorrow we have guys coming in to paint new lines on our track mm-hmm. so that we can run our two hundreds both directions, so that we can run with the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I I could see any of our events having kind of a major breakthrough. You know, I, I think the fields are that good, and and the reality is, major breakthroughs are all relative to the the athletes you have. You know, could I could we see a twenty low 200 meter race yes we have the talent to do that we have the Mm. field to do that Mm -hmm. uh you know do do i think that a men's 1500 could go in the 330s and you know absolutely you know we got a great pacer and we got talented athletes so Mm -hmm. um you know i'm uh, that women's 800 is a really deep event for us right now uh and and rachel jewett's paced here a number of times and has done a great job so uh that's a race that i'm really interested in uh you know from a local perspective uh I'm intrigued to see how Ashlyn Best does in the J, the junior girls 200 or the, the women's 200. Uh, Ashlyn was really close to two officer records last weekend, uh, narrowly missing uh, Charmaine Crooks's 400 meter record by, I believe, uh, 0.19, and and Kamika Bingham's 200 meter record by 0.04. Uh, and she hasn't, you know, she hasn't had a lot of great opportunities to race with with a neutral win, let alone a tailwind. So. You know, uh, a really talented kids, and 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 you know, um, she's an athlete that I'm particularly proud of because I remember coaching her in our camps program when she was seven years old, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think 
sport in Canada and track and field in Canada lives in a unique place because we do have the opportunity to see an athlete come through an entire pathway. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly been an aspiration of mine when I was involved with the club more on a, on a, on a day-to-day business, but uh, our day-to-day basis. But, you know, it's pretty fantastic. And it's always been a dream of mine to have that athlete who, who started out in our camps program and, and went all the way through to, you know, the Olympic games mm-hmm. and, you know, and we've had a number of athletes who've kind of come through that pathway and, and achieved high things. We haven't quite mm-hmm. had anyone, you know, despite the fact that we had seven Olympians at the last Olympics, no, no, you know, we, we, we're, we're not quite at the point where we've had anyone kind of start when they're six, to be fair, our program mm-hmm. started in 1998. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, but, uh, and we certainly have had a lot of talented athletes who have come through that programs, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Sean Kate, who uh, some of your listeners might know as a, a very high end high jumper here. You know, Sean came to our camps program and then went away from track and field and then got rediscovered and became hmm. a almost 220 high jumpers, hopefully mm-hmm. higher than that. So, uh, so that, you know, I think that's one of the special things about track and fielding in Canada is, is through the club system is that you can have an athlete who works through the different, you know, the pathways through and starts in as a very young age and, and grows through your entire system. And uh, I'm not sure that exists in other countries as much. I know in the U S you know, the club system isn't the same. You, you go off to your high school and, and we've had, um, you know, and we've had a unique eco- ecosystem here that's allowed us to do that where, mm-hmm. where our high schools in the area work very well with our, our junior coaches and our, and our, and our, hopefully our, our club, our camp program funnels into our, you know, youth program, which funnels into our MTA program, you know, and, and we don't have everything figured out. And there's other great communities in our country that do things well as well. Mm-hmm. But it's a pretty, it's a pretty special thing. And, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see a great run. And I think I went so far off of the initial <laughs> tangent question, which was who's going to run two 10 Ks on the day, same day and, yeah. and run them both well. And I suspect <laughs> the answer is no one, because I don't think, I don't think Alan Brooks's uh, waterfront 10 K is the same is Wednesday night this year. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, he, you know, we, we only have a short little time uh, in front of us right now. So maybe, uh, you know, throw out some, some details, maybe some social media, sure. uh, where can people find yeah. more info? So first of all, I encourage people to come to the event. Uh, it's Wednesday night, June 14th. Uh, main program starts at 7 p.m. Uh, we do have a pre-program. So any athletes uh, who are interested in racing, we didn't have it last year, but we're, we have it back on this year. Um, we'll start that probably around 530. We have a 200, 800, 1500. Um, but come on, come on out to Guelph. Uh, tickets are, are $10. Uh, in advance at Scotiabank, uh, $15 at the door, or you can buy them on our website, www.speedriverinferno.com. Um, you know, come on out. It's, you know, we need to support track and field in this country. Uh, yeah. It's it's how we measure success for our meet is, is one of the metrics is the size of our crowd, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and it, it's part of how we um, continue. And, and you know, I believe you and I spoke in, in the past, possibly on, on a podcast or off a podcast, I can't mm-hmm. recall about some of the challenges that the uh, the National Track League has faced, and the fact that we're down to three competitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the way that we will continue to have high end track and field meet in, meets in this country mm-hmm. is for people to get out to support those meets. Uh, 
I'm not sure if this will air before the Eileen Marr meet in, in Halifax, which is just this before. weekend, yeah. just before. Yeah. So if you're in Halifax, get out to the Eileen Marr. If you're in, in south, southern Ontario, uh, get out to the Speed River Inferno. And if you're in Vancouver, get out to the Harry Drum Classic. Like, you know, and, and following that, if you're in uh, Ottawa, go out to Nationals. Like, we need mm-hmm. to get people out watching the sport and, uh, and encouraging others. You know, tell your friends, bring them out. Um, it's a great night. And uh, it's a great way to spend an, an evening and uh, watch some incredible uh, men and women um, pursue excellence. And uh, track and field in this country, uh, you know, people on uh, message boards may disagree with me that they're wrong. It's the best it's ever been. Mm. There's never been a time in Canadian track and field uh, that I'm aware of. I, I guess you could go back to like the 1924 Olympics <laughs> where we've had this number of athletes at this level globally. Uh, and that's a testament to those athletes. That's a testament to their coaches. That's a testament to the system. Um, so let's enjoy it. You know, we spent a long time in the wilderness <laughs> trying to get to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And the pipeline for future talent, you know, I, I don't, I wasn't at officer this weekend, but I, you know, or any of the other high school championships, but, you know, you saw records breaking. You know, I saw some kid in uh, British Columbia, two guys broke the record that was 40 years old in the men's 3,000. Like, you know, sport's in a great place, and we need to go out and enjoy it and, and, and take pleasure in the fact that a lot of people put a lot of effort to get it into this place and time. And and and, and let's, let's revel in the fact that we are a world beater in track and field right now, and let's stay that way. So there you go. He's Chris Moulton, and... Uh... The Speed River Inferno is is really his baby. Uh, be sure to come out uh, this Wednesday. Uh, and if you're coming from Elmer, look for the blue car. We'll be leaving around <laughs> around five. Thanks a lot for taking some time uh, today, Chris, for, for being on the show. Pleasure is mine, Michael. The Mar, as it's affectionately known, is the start of the National Track League this year in Halifax. Always an amazing meet to go watch. I talked with Jonathan Peverell of the Sunday Long Run podcast about just what to expect. Warning though, he did have to teach me how to say the name. Okay, so before we hop into Eileen Meager, I do want, you know, I have a question that's on the top of my mind and probably on the top of a bunch of listeners' minds, but where is the Sunday Long Run? Where has it been? (laughs) Well, the Sunday Long Run... um kind of been put on hold. Uh, Chris got a full-time job. He is uh, balancing full-time, married life, uh, two cats, kittens, um, and I'm just in summer courses, uh, training a lot, and also our SoundCloud uh, account, the free version, ran out of space, so we're looking maybe at a new platform or if we're going to uh, bite the bullet, spend the money. So. That's where that's at right now. We've really been wanting to do another one. Um, we actually have done a couple extras, but um, it's just been too much time uh, past since we actually did those episodes uh, to put them out um, just because we're waiting on a new platform and whatnot. So hopefully after the Mar, we'll, uh, we'll put out a new one. All right. Well, you know, I, I definitely want to talk to you. Um, that's why we have you on uh, about the, the Eileen Meager um, some really good fields and stuff there. Maybe you could just go through and, and tell us the, the big events, what we should be watching for, and why people should be coming out to this event. Yeah, so the Eileen Marr uh, has been happening, well, for a long time. Uh, Kevin Heisler, who's the head coach here at St. Mary's University, 
uh, for cross country and track and fields. He's also the meet director um, since the Island Mar has been around. And uh, don't know off my hand what year it's going into this year, but I want to say it's 80. Sorry, Kevin, if I completely botched that, if you're listening to it at some point. Um, but yeah, so Mar goes down here at St. Mary's University on the track. And I mean, I know a couple uh, things that um, athletes are worried about when they come. It's like, oh, it's Halifax, you know, uh, it's on the coast, east coast. Maybe it's not the weather is going to be great, um, or maybe it's going to be rainy. Um, but the past couple of years, except for one, um, it's been great weather. Uh, this year, Saturday, uh, it's looking like 23 degrees, sunny, uh, not a lot of wind. So uh, definitely potential for fast times. And I don't know, there's something about the blue, uh, the blue track out there that uh, calls for fast times and that. So. Um, it's definitely uh, definitely looking like it could shake down to be a fast meet, that's for sure. Um, but I guess just to kind of mention a couple of the fast uh, the fast races to look out for. Um, so definitely the men's and the women's hundred meter. So I know uh, Bolade Adramal and uh, Bismarck Boateng, two of our Canadian boys here, have run pretty close to their PBs this season. Um, so they'll be looking to definitely. Um, go fast this meet. Um, and LaShawn Collins, um, he's also been on a tear this season. He ran a PB of 10-11 at the end of April, and he won the 4x100-meter World Relays with the USA. Uh, oh. So he's coming. And also Burkhart Ellis, who was an Olympian at Rio from Barbados. Uh, he's run 10-32 this season. So um, that's not a bad 100-meter um, field. Um, I know. It's uh, it's a busy time with a couple meets going on, but I guess that's uh, nothing to uh, snub the nose at. That's for no. sure. No, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, hundred meter women, Crystal Emanuel, uh, looking to win back her Mar title uh, from a narrow defeat last year with the meet record falling. Uh, she ran eleven oh six actually earlier this year, but it was with a five point eight tailwind. Um, but I suspect we'll look for her to get her first win legal performance of the season. Um, but she'll have, uh, I guess some stiffer competition if you want to call it that, uh, Jay Bailey of Barbados looks to continue her season's form, um, with a PB in April of 1135 and also Alexis Love of the States ran a slightly wind assisted time just a few weeks ago of 1115. Um, so I guess look for her to challenge, uh, for the win, the season's best win legal time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 100 meters is looking, uh, pretty good. Um, on both the men's and the women's side. Yeah, I'd say, wow. Let, let's take a look at, uh, at some of the longer events. So, I mean, you talked about some, some mid-distance uh, events that will be happening that, that you found, you know, you thought that the fields were pretty stacked in. Yeah. Um, so, I guess the 400-meter men and women also um, are something to talk about. So, with the 400-meter women, Carly Mascaro uh, is the NCAA Division II national champion in the 200 400 meter as of two weeks ago. Oh, wow. uh, so she holds a PB of 51.17 and just recently ran uh, 51.90 to win the championships, which currently ranks her 40th in the world this year. Hmm. Uh, so that'll be impressive to see her come, but she'll be up against some good competition with the likes of Sonica Walker, uh, who has a PB of 51.53, and also uh, Yukon Yato uh, Sogvason. I hope I did not botch that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, 
So Women's is looking good. Um, Jenna Martin, who's usually been a staple here, uh, our Nova Scotia women's 50 or 400 meter runner, uh, just recently retired in the past year. So it'll be the first year that she hasn't raced at the Mar in a while, but you know, it'll be someone else to uh, hopefully be the crowd crowd favorite here um, on the women's side. But men's side's looking pretty good. Uh, the meet record's 45.57, mm-hmm. and there's definitely potential for it to fall with a solid contingent of male 400 meter athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rennie Quo of Trinidad and Tobago has a PB of 44.53, uh, just ran a season best earlier this year with 46.01. He was seventh at the uh, 2008 Summer Olympics and a bronze medalist at the 2009 World Championship, so he's obviously no stranger to, uh, to the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Peter Matthews of Jamaica, who has a PB of 44.69 and an Olympic silver medalist last year uh, with the 4x400 meter relay team of Jamaica. So those guys will be looking to challenge for uh, for the wind and the meet record. And also uh, our top Canadian, Philip Osai, uh, is going to be here. And he uh, recently ran 45.75, so he'll uh, be right up there looking for the W. For so sure, for sure. Like a good one there, uh, 400. And I mean, it's, uh, I guess, with Jenna Martin, how she's kind of been – uh, one of those staple athletes in there. It's always drawn a bit of attention here, the 400 meter, um, alongside the hurdles, which I guess I'll, I might as well just jump into right now if you yeah, don't mind. go for it, man. Yeah. Yeah, so the women, Nikita Holder, uh, she's uh, she's been here the past couple of years, and um, yeah, she's one of those fan favorites. Everyone loves her. Uh, she's headlining the women with the BB of 1280, and she'll be obviously looking to take the W against a tough field of athletes. That includes... Uh, the sisters of Jade and Kayla Barber that hold PBs pretty close to hers of 1285 and 1291. And then the men's side is interesting um, as we kind of have an athlete who's moving out of his career, I guess, getting the later stages with David Payne um, and who's an up and coming star in DeJour Russell, who's 17 years old from Jamaica. Hmm. And Payne has a PB of 1302, uh, silver medal and 2008 Olympics and a bronze medal from 07 and 09 World Championships. Um, and Russell is up and coming with a 1321 PB, which isn't too far behind Payne's, and just placed fourth at World Junior Champs last summer. So it'll be an interesting story to, story to see with uh, kind of the, the elder athlete and the, the really young athlete coming up. So that'll be an interesting story to follow, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now the fifteen hundred meter, you, you know, you're talking about that off air. I I want to know more about that. I think that uh, you know, definitely with the tracky audience and stuff, they're they're really into their fifteen hundreds, and and why not? But taking a look at these fields right now, they look fantastic. Maybe you can talk to me a bit about those. Yeah. So the men's fifteen hundred meter is going to be, I guess, the highlight of the night. It's going to be the last event. That's why I'm saving it for last to talk about right now. <laughs> um, but it's going to be pretty tough field um, that everyone's going to be looking to go sub 340. Um, so that's the big thing that's going to be going down here. Uh, the pace rabbit, Ryan uh, Wudzgowski um, from the United States. So Nick Ross and Steve Mangan um, from the United States. I believe all three of them are teammates and they're bringing Ryan uh, to come pace them. And he's supposed to go through 1,000 meter and 226 to put them on pace to go sub 340. And there's also... You know, Nick Falk, uh, who's a 340 guy, Mike Tate's 342, Jeff Tweedle, 346, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a serious field that could potentially go sub 340. I also see... Uh... You know, someone with a familiar last name at the at the bottom of that men's fifteen hundred field. Uh, maybe you can talk about that. Are, are you any relation? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my my younger brother Andrew Peverell, mm-hmm. he's uh, just finishing up grade twelve here, and he actually is coming to St. Mary's University next year. Hmm. Uh, so it'll be awesome, I guess, to run with uh, run with the brother for the next uh, two years or so. As I finish out my years here, and uh, and he's jumping in for a second time into the Mar. He ran last year, and that 356 was actually what he ran last year at the Mar. Um, and he'll be looking, hopefully, um, for Junior Pan Ams. Uh, standard is 358, but I guess we have to be top two, and it's looking like uh, you definitely are going to have to go sub 350 to have contention for that. So that's what he's going to be hoping to. Uh, to crank off something 350 or sub um, to put him in contention for that. So if he can do it, best of luck, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows what he's uh, he's up to right now? He uh, he just finished up provincials this past weekend, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. And a couple of other guys, Will Russell um, and Tim Longley. So Will Russell goes to Dalhousie. Uh, so he'll be a local guy, as well as Tim Longley, who's from originally here, as out at uh, University of Victoria. That's where he's going to university now. So a little bit of local flavor um, to mix it up at the back there. And uh, it'll definitely be an interesting race um, with Mike Tate, who's, I guess, definitely the crowd favorite um, with the local guy, which could be potentially um, his last mar. Oh, uh, really? How? Which, uh, I mean, I guess <laughs> as everyone was hoping that he would go to NCAAs, uh, he unfortunately missed out on qualifying uh, at prelims just recently. Hmm. I mean, great for the Mar that we have Mike in the 1500 meter, but I mean, it's unfortunate that he missed out on going to the, the 5000 meter in, uh, in NCAAs. But he just ran uh, four weeks ago, uh, 1334 which is a Nova Scotia provincial record. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely in fitness. And uh, the, I guess, the thing that leads people to believe that it may be his last mar um, is that next year he's going to be finishing up university. And I suspect with these times, uh, he'll be looking to probably race um, on the European circuit. And he'll have potential to go. Uh, to go a lot bigger places after uh, after this year, so it may be uh, Nova Scotia's last chance uh, for a while to see Mike race on the home track. So you know, hopefully he'll uh, he'll do well, and you know what, there's definitely a chance for him to to crank off at PB in front of the home crowd. That'll be definitely going wild for him. That's for sure. All right. Well, one th- one thing. I noticed that I have been, I believe I've been mispronouncing this name uh, the entire time, the, the name of the meet. Perhaps you can, uh, you can walk us through it because I have no idea how to pronounce it. I just realized I have no, no, um, you know, I obviously don't know how to say it. So, so walk us through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not the first. That's, uh, that's absolutely for sure. <laughs> so it's Eileen Marr. Okay. So I know things on the East Coast here um, are definitely uh, set a little bit differently than 
in Ontario. Uh, <laughs> my mom's family is actually from Peterborough, Ontario, oh. and there's Dalhousie Street, they call it, in Peterborough, where <laughs> there's Dalhousie University here that is said differently here. Mm-hmm. So I know things are said a little bit differently here on the East Coast, uh, that East Coast twang, <laughs> as my mom likes to call it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, I have one more question for you. If you are out on the East Coast right now, if someone is listening to this podcast on the East Coast right now, and uh, the meet, if supposing they're listening on release day on, on Friday, and the meet runs on Saturday, why should people be going out and enjoying this event? It's one of the few times that you know North American top athletes are going to be here in the not just um, in Nova Scotia or Halifax, but the East Coast as a whole. Uh, it's not often that, you know, east of Quebec City or Montreal that the top athletes are going to be here. Um, and especially for the younger athletes uh, where they don't get to see um, maybe those uh, top athletes on a, you know, weekly or monthly basis. Um, definitely something for them uh, to strive towards. Um, it's going to be a great time. Um, tickets aren't very expensive, $10. Uh, and you know, it's a really, uh, it's a really good atmosphere just to come out and see, you know, world-class athletes, uh, that, you know, not just in track, but, um, in other sports that, you know, we just don't get to see here all that often on the East coast. So again, it's supposed to be super nice day on Saturday. Um, it's going to go into the evening. You know, there's a lot of stuff to do here um, in Halifax on a Saturday. They can bit, definitely make a, a weekend out of it. Um, and then there's probably um, stuff to do after the meet um, that ends roughly around 9 o'clock. Um, so, you know, no reason not to, uh, not to come enjoy the meet and enjoy the atmosphere, that's for sure. For sure, for sure. He's Jonathan Peverell. He is uh, half of the Sunday long run. Something that we hope to hear very, very soon, a new episode very, very soon. Uh, but you've also been on the show today to talk to us about the, correct me if I'm wrong, Eileen Marr and uh, an exciting NTL meet uh, on the East Coast. Not a whole lot of opportunities to watch some really, really good racing out there. So definitely, definitely do so. Your support is definitely, uh, it's welcome. And uh we we also talked in another interview with Chris Moulton. You know, it's necessary. It's so, so necessary that we, we come out and, and watch these events. So thanks a lot for being on the show today, Jonathan. It, uh, it means a lot, man. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. If you want to find out more information on the meets that we talked about in this episode, you can go to speedriverinferno.com and eileenmar.ca. Now that is spelled A-I-L-E-E-N. M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Trust me, it's a hard one. Big thanks to my guests this week, Chris, Jonathan, and Kevin, as well as to you for listening. And of course, as always, to track you for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram, at The Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. (laughs) 